to the Prepared Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Austin, and I have another episode for everyone this week as I'm joined once again by Chance from Holistic Solutions Group. Had Chance on about six weeks ago, middle of December, coming up on the holidays, didn't get to really have the full conversation that that he wanted to and I wanted to just because time is you know, time's a, a precious commodity, and especially so during the holidays. So I had the opportunity to catch up with Chance, and this time we sit down and we have a conversation around what they're doing with Holistic Solutions Group's 2023 calendar, focusing a lot, not not only, but a lot on vehicle interdiction courses and their tech operator course. <clears throat> and the tech operator course, for those of you guys that don't know or haven't seen it on, on Instagram, social media, right? is a course that they have developed, and we get way in the weeds on this, uh, and they have developed this to incorporate into what your standard SWAT teams, your standard law enforcement teams are doing today with the addition of somebody whose direct role and responsibility is the employment of tech, things like these little throwbots, drones, pole cameras, things like that. Somebody whose, whose main purpose in the team is to utilize these tools to gather information and to help formulate a better, safer plan, not only for the law enforcement uh, team, but also for the citizens that they're, you know, uh, operating around and and with. Uh, So it's a really, really cool discussion. Uh, Get into all that stuff, like I said, the vehicles, the tech, we talk a little bit about concealed carry, all kinds of good stuff. Chance is a super cool dude, always Always happy to have the opportunity to catch up with him, and uh, it sounds like he may be up here in the uh, the great the great old mission uh, mitten state. If I can talk, the great old mitten state of Michigan here in the next couple months. So I'm gonna, you know, obviously jump on that opportunity to uh, catch up with him when he is in town. But before I get over to my discussion with Chance, have to say thank you, of course, to our presenting sponsors here at the Prepared Mindset. First, ActiveCarryTech.com. Actually. We had a really good discussion, Chance and I, and in that end piece there about concealed carry, we talk about carrying a tourniquet and why you should carry not only a tourniquet, but more appropriately, a chest seal. As concealed carriers and as shooters in general, we are trained to shoot for center mass. Can you use a tourniquet on center mass? No, you can't. Get a chest seal. Don't have one? Head over to activecarrytech.com and get one. Discount code PMP10. It's going to save you guys 10% off your order. Looking for a way to carry those chest seals? Pick up one of their Guardian ankle kits. They also have their Blazer IFAX, their Gamma kits. Need some parts, need some pieces. Again, discount code PMP10 saves you 10% off all of it. Still can't find what you're looking for? Check out their custom kit builder tool. Build what you're looking for and make sure you are better prepared for the world. Again, activecarrytech.com, discount code PMP10, 10% off. Check it out. Also have to say thank you to LARPLabs.com. Guys, if you are painting your rifle, find yourself painting your rifle multiple times a year, it's a pain in the, in the you know, you know what, really not freaking happy to have to do it. The weather changes, the scenery changes here in Michigan. We go from, you know, uh, light greens to dark greens and browns to whites back to browns and greens, and it happens all throughout the year, multiple different times. It's just, it's always a, a huge ordeal. Head over to LARPLabs.com, pick up some custom computer cut vinyls for your lights for your optics, for your lasers. Like I said, these are computer cut. This is the high-grade 3M vinyl. It's used on you know uh, competitive rock crawlers. This stuff will last up to three years outdoors, and you can take it on and off in a pinch 
without a problem. Super easy. Doesn't leave any of that sticky goo behind. Hooked you guys up with discount code prepared mindset. That's going to save you 10% off your order. Whether you're picking up something for your weapon light, your handheld light, uh, some of your optics, your IR laser, your PVS 14. John is doing great, great work. Always coming out with something new. Again, larplabs.com code prepared mindset to save 10% off your order. And lastly, cannot forget big thank you to 100 concepts guys if you haven't seen their their light caps out on social media they are a great and innovative product light nd is a huge issue if you have not trained for it it's why a lot of guys stop running pressure pads on their lights 100 concepts developed these light caps for easy on easy off easy installation using minimal parts and pieces and kept it at a super affordable price point the guys are doing absolutely outstanding work. <clears throat> they took those light caps, they turned them into a scope cap because so many people were asking for it. They've got helmet scrim, pack scrim, pace beads. They've got all kinds of stuff on their site. And the cool part is they are coming out with more innovative designs as the weeks, as the months go on. Super, super happy to be able to work with 100 Concepts. Head over to 100concepts.com. Check out what's going on. Pick yourself up some light caps, some scope caps. See what else they're working on. See what else there is. Pick some up. Make sure you are properly equipped for when you're out there in the environments doing the work. Okay. So through the ad space there, and I I do, I'm super pumped that we get to partner with those awesome companies. Highly, highly recommend you guys check all of them out. At least go check out the sites. Go see what's going on. See if something piques your interest. And uh, maybe after this conversation, maybe, you know, you reevaluate a couple of things, decide you need, you need something. I don't know. Go check them out. Use our discount codes. Save yourself a little bit of money. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention we also have a Patreon page, folks. Got things like targets out there, dry fire drills, videos, blogs, exclusive content, like episodes, interviews, working on all kinds of good stuff for you guys. It is an additional piece to what we have going on. We greatly appreciate your support and your patronage. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash prepared underscore mindset underscore pod. Sign up for as little as a dollar. Every cent that you spend there comes back to help supporting what we're doing here, bringing on awesome guests, having great conversations, and producing more great content to share information with all of you. As we learn, you will learn. This isn't us teaching you, it's our guests teaching you through us. Awesome experiences. Again, prepare, prepared mindset pod, patreon.com. Head over, check it out. And with that, I'm going to stop jacking my jaw here and I'm going to jump on over to my conversation with Chance of Holistic Solutions Group. Chance, welcome back, man. Good to have you. Dude, it seems like it's been forever. It's only been like, what, four weeks? It's been, uh, well, a little bit more than that, like maybe six. I know it was like right up to the holidays the last time that, uh, we were able to, to like get together and everything. Uh, and, uh, yeah. And since then we've had Christmas, my wife had a high ankle sprain for the holidays. That was all kinds of fun. Uh, I got my night vision setup done, you know, new year, all, all kinds of good stuff going on, man. <clears throat> um, That's awesome. but I'm, I'm That's super excited. How are you liking your your uh, your deed ball? Uh, it is. I haven't had enough. I have not had enough time to really play with it. But I mean, it's it's cool to have it. You know, the little bit I've done with it, I'm like, this is just next level, man. It's it's next level. It's really cool. I I want to do. I need to do more. You got the I two A two or which one? I got the the A three. So A three. Uh, oh, you have the A three. 
Yep. The slave, uh, visible and IR laser with the IR illuminator. Um, I wasn't, I know the I2 was a little bit cheaper. Um, but I, I, I wanted the slave visible, you know, like I want, I just wanted the ability to zero without having to be under night vision. Um, and they're discontinuing the I2, the 9,007 that everybody wants. Um, so I actually, I got the A3 for anybody listening to this. Uh, this is a shameless plug. The company doesn't support me or anything. It was, uh, custom night vision. I got it for 1200 bucks, brand new. Um, and that's, that's, really that's like a hell of a deal. I actually think it was just under $1,200, like shipping and everything. It was a really good deal. Um, so yeah, it was between that and the D2. I know the D2's got a little bit better illuminator, but the thing's gigantic and awful looking and yeah, <laughs> I just a, a slut for the aesthetics. It's like they took that, uh, that LED cause I think it's like an LED illuminator. Yeah. And, uh, and stuff so yeah man well that's awesome i was i saw you got that because i think we were talking about that on your last episode and then oh, all of a sudden yeah i was like yeah that's a big deal i think did you get it for christmas or you're like hey wife by the way i also got this no i uh well no no i just found a good <laughs> on it and i was <laughs> I'm making you a little unco- they can't see you you're kind of squirming right now yeah. and it's kind of no I, I didn't <laughs> back up, back. yeah like i didn't get it as like a christmas gift but i I've been looking for a while and then I was just like, uh, I found that that price, you know, cause a lot of these things go for like 15 or 16, 1700 bucks. And I was like, wow, that's, that's a pretty good deal. That's, it was enough savings to justify me pulling the trigger on it. And, uh, I know in this community, it's really in vogue to talk about how you should never finance anything, <clears throat> but I did put it on my charge card cause I did not finance my, uh, my night vision. So I was like, you know what the hell with it? I'll be all paid off. And, a month or two it won't be that big a deal i was i was comfortable you know so yeah uh, well there's uh i do it for the points sometimes because i want to fly or something. oh yeah if you got a, if you got in a if you have done your work as an appropriate financially savvy adult and you have found a good card with good rewards points take advantage of that shit all day long like absolutely i same thing um yeah, but uh awesome. yeah so i know that was a big deal that you've been trying to get that so yeah it's it kind of buttons everything up and now i won't be buying any more gear until like q2 of this year you know it's it's fine (laughs) (laughs) good because that's right when all this stuff is coming off a shot show and so it's like oh there you go it's very convenient um but yeah man uh really excited to be able to, to get you back on and you've been you guys have been doing a bunch of stuff but specifically lately posting a lot on social media and, and your course calendar came out for, you know, 2023 um, and getting into specifically seeing a lot around the, your tech operator course and your yeah. uh, vehicle interdiction course, which are two things I really don't know jack shit about, but would like to, um, but specifically around the tech operator piece, because I feel like it's something that nobody talks about, you know, like, I saw the pictures of those little, I don't even, I'm going to call it a drone. I don't know if it's actually a drone, but those little like cylinder robots with the wheels. Um, I have used them in rainbow six siege. And that is as far as my, my knowledge base for those devices goes. Um, so like, like, let's just jump into that, man. Like what, what is the tech operator course and how does that all kind of come together? Okay. So I'll tell you, cause it's got some like, I'm not one for war stories, but there's actually some pretty fun ones behind as far as like context and um, experience goes about why, you know, why people should listen to us about what the tech stuff is. So um, years ago, 
there was uh there's there's a there's a program called LISO where basically it's anything that's excess coming back from the military um law enforcement can get it for free on loan it's basically like we're like a library like we check it out but you have to account for every year and stuff like that like there's a big checks and balance it can be a nightmare but it allows access to a lot of stuff that we know for departments who don't normally get access to it they don't have the funds for it so like our mrap like the our armored vehicle was done mm-hmm. through that for free and it's not ours it's technically still the federal government it's just on loan to us and a lot of people are like well why you guys need tanks like well that's a life-saving device you know because there's no armor or anything i mean it's all armor it it's there to stop bullets from bad guys shooting at us yeah we we talked about that last time you were on yeah correct so the robot um i believe we got on the liso program is this great big kind of eod one that had this camera and it kind of looked like short circuit robot from back in the 80s uh, johnny five right johnny five alive so it was literally we were on an op and it was basically saying hey or go figure this out you're going to be driving this inside in just a little bit and i was like what so i'm literally like turning it on figuring it out oh by the way let's go we got extremely lucky that mindset is stupid and finally kind of being called out that we have to change that of like, let's just figure it out as we go. Um, but anyway, in that, like, for example, I'm literally driving this, trying to figure this, how to navigate this thing. And then I'm turning the, uh, the joysticks and I'm realizing that raises the neck up and down and alters the angle of the camera. And I'm like, Oh, this is great, but I'm doing this on an op fast forward. So anyway, that started my like love of tech because I'm like, this is actually pretty cool um to be able to have this in the uh fast forward uh on our task force i was on i was given one of those what's called a throw bot that's what you were talking about using rainbow six. Oh yeah um, um and all it is is basically like this little indestructible thing that has a camera ir capabilities and um audio so i can actually put headphones in and listen to whatever is it's it's around um and we utilized that but still in kind of like an improper manner because it was just let's here it is figure it out well jay and i kind of were like well if we're going to figure this out naturally how we always that's how he and i work is like let's figure this out so we actually came up with a way that we started implementing it into our team like the actual ttps of our team meaning it became a dedicated role and responsibility for me and I had, and so it it basically molded into, I was the, I handled the tech stuff. And not only that, I took that as a responsibility that I will learn how to do this the best I can. The same way like explosive breachers, snipers, canines and stuff like that. But we also recognize that there's not a sole hyper-focus. Like we're not, uh, it doesn't, how do I want to say this? It's a, it's a tool. It doesn't dictate everything. It's not like we solely depended on that. And that's the problem is that a lot of people do. Yeah. Hang on, hang on dude. It's, hang on. You're going to like this. Hey, I'm on a podcast with, uh, I'm on a podcast right now, Will. It's Stuff and Pews. Oh, hey. Hang on. Hang on. You're going to be on the audio when this gets posted. Go ahead and say hi, big guy. Uh, hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll call you right back, man. I'll call you back. <laughs> that's that's awesome. I've been with him for about two weeks now. Anyway, 
So anyway, um, the whole point was we, um, we can't, uh, once we started our company and we're going forward, uh, I reached out to recon and I said, Hey, we're doing this. We've got this course that we've done. They came and said, Hey, that's really good. We're needing kind of like some training. We fortified and actually created this program, sent it to a bunch of dudes, uh, military soft dudes. We sent it to a bunch of our SWAT buddies that, you know, we, that are legit. And they all came and said, yes, crisscross. Holy cow. This is awesome. Let us know when this rolls out. And all it is, is basically a, a professional way to treat and take tech. So it's drones, throw bots, which is what that little thing is. Um, so there's pole cameras. There's these things that I carried around that basically it was uh, that you could stick up in places and had IR and thermal and stuff that you could stick your head in places you really didn't want to stick your head, like attics, crawl spaces and such. So <clears throat> you guys don't use like the little extendable mirrors on a stick like in uh, the movie SWAT anymore? We do. And they have their time and place. It's actually I I carry actually in my kit. I had a little mechanics mirror right here for certain things where anyway but that being said um there but their thing is is that instead of just figuring it out there's a lot of there's a diff there's a, there should be a way that you approach it for safety for accountability all that so the tech operator course is taking it and making it a role and responsibility and i mean there's so much to talk about so anyway that's the overview of it you know mm -hmm. and i've got the war stories of it are like we've got times where it's like we've utilized that where dudes were waiting to hit us, waiting to ambush us, or whatever, and we were able to hit, uh, take that off, you know, kind of cut it off at the path. Um, another dude was barricading himself in a room. Um, I was able to give that intel of how we planted it, how we position it, and we got kids out of an adjacent room. So that way we removed them from the situation because of how this, because of the stuff that we were doing. And another one, we ended up finding this dude underneath a, uh, underneath a bed. It's just, it's a valuable tool. And the, the analogy to kind of put it is the little robots and the drones are, should be kind of like the predators or the Rico, like they can circle the mountain as far as you, as, as long as you want, mm -hmm. but you still need the fighter pilots to go in and do the actual work. So right. the re and I'm talking to the specific crowd that have actually utilized these where they, they know where, People will say, just go in and clear the whole structure. You can't have it clear the whole structure because you lose time. There's a lot of dead space. It's not a way, it's not a, an efficient way of actually utilizing the tech as far as a team goes. Right. So, and the, the more, <clears throat> the more information you can get, the better decisions you can make. Right. So that is every bit of anything any team is doing is they want to have the most amount of time from the safest desk, the safest distance to make the best decisions possible. Cause we're dealing with life, like people's lives. Yeah. So you want to have as much capabilities of uh, as much capability and as much time to make that decision, but you have to do it in a way that is professional, that is efficient. And that is, that is in, Oh God, man, I'm trying to think of the way to like the other way to describe it of like, that is it's like concise because we've been there we've trained with dudes that get so caught up on different aspects it's like it's all one thing if you solely focus on explosive breaching then what do you do when you can't you can't blow doors or what do you do if you can't blow doors ever how do you get inside like there's 
there's oh, that's a you know that's not a very good way of uh, that's not a very good way of putting that. They're just when it comes to tech, there's a there's a tendency to to not treating to almost treating it like secondhand rather than the uh, the the capabilities that it has. So our joke is, hey, it's in the back of the truck. Go get it. And yeah. that that's actually how we treated it. That's how a lot of people treat it. It's like, well, it's in the back of the truck. Go get it. And so we came up with a way of like, no, let's put him in this. Let's let's train this guy up on this. Have his kit and loadout ready to go that it's up with him. He has the capabilities of adapting it to whatever situation and it doesn't stall the team. And that's what we teach is how to integrate into a team so that it's a it's an actual role. Just like a breacher has to be there. There are safety procedures that have to be done when you're blowing doors because of overpressure, blast, all of that stuff has to be. So the whole team has to be aware of it. It's the same with, you know, and so that's what we've done with this of like, instead of just figuring it out, how do you do this in a way that protects the team and allows for uh, an, an efficient team to work with it? So is that something that's, you know, you guys have designed this curriculum and, and kind of uh, molded this concept to, to be applied to the structures that you guys know well from your own experience as law enforcement, right? Is that going to be something you think that <clears throat> that's going to be, how can I say this, like easily applied to your standard SWAT team? Or is it going to, you know, because I mean, the things that we run into or, or we see in the news a lot are always, you know, budget restraints, budget cuts, personnel cuts and things. Um, is it something that's going to be able to easily be, uh, I guess, just added on to somebody else's like role and responsibility? And then that's just like, when you look at your standard assault team, you got, like you said, like uh, a breacher. And uh, I, I mean, I have no idea. So you have to pardon me here, but like a, a medic and uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and then you just have your, your tech guy. Yep. Um, yes. And that's what we're trying to do is we're working with industry partners about. Um, so what we're finding it with the, the, our industry partners is like everybody, um, what we're getting from SHOT Show is everybody's trying to figure out how do you transport effectively and efficiently and how do you train this across the board? And we've done this now um, all over. And the program is universal, whether you're in Dallas, L.A., Pennsylvania, uh, Florida, North, it doesn't matter because good TTP should should be the same. Right. If that makes sense. And so it's we're not teaching, we're not doing like full team integration. We can, but this is for like the tech guys and other people to come in and saying, hey, this is how you go back and integrate it into how your team should be able to do it already. And you do that because you're taking good TTPs that all should already exist, and you're showing how. This is how you now integrate this into those. Case in point, I just came from Muncie. Jay and, and Travis are up teaching a CQB instructor course up there with Luke up at MTAC. And we showed it to some of the cops there. Just saying, hey, guys, this is what's coming up. We're doing this. And within just a small 15 minutes, we kind of did a brief demo. And all of them were like, oh, this is making sense. Because they came from that day with CQB. And now we were like, hey, you remember those principles? Now watch this. Stack up. Check this out. We basically did it like this is how you deploy it, stuff like that. Now watch. Now they went into the same principles that they were learning that day. And they're like, do you see how this 
applies to and how it's integrated into that. It doesn't override them. It doesn't take its place. It's supposed to be built into it. So it's like, and it's so complementary. Yeah, dude, it, everything, ha anytime you integrate a new tool into anything team-wise, it has to be simple, it has to be concise, and it has to go with what you're already doing. If it's completely reinventing the wheel, you're going to stall and you basically have to go back to the drawing board. This is already designed to be integrated into it because this is where we're like, well, we've already been doing this. Our TTPs are coming off of a bunch of these dudes from uh, the military anyway because they're who we've worked with for years and sure enough like when we're sending the the document that we did that we introduced at the in the course yeah those dudes are like dude f and a cotton this is exactly what yeah i know exactly what you're saying and then we send it to other swat dudes like yeah this is exactly what we're saying and so it's and they get it and they get it so that i, I guess if that answers your question yeah no i mean i think it's awesome um that, that it's a solution that'll be like easily applied to what's already there. Cause I, I do, I feel for our law enforcement, you know, they're asked to do, you know, so much with, I mean, relatively small uh, resources given the world that, that we live in today, right. For a whole, you know, variety of reasons. Um, I was just actually excited to see it. Cause like, like I said, like <clears throat> I saw those uh, the throw bots, you know, in uh, <laughs> like rainbow six, uh, but I've never actually, and not that I've ever actually looked, you know, went out and looked for it either. So that's on me too, but I've never seen those in practical application or talked about very much. Like when, when I think police dispatching a robot or something like mentioned on the news or in the papers, I'm still thinking of those like, you know, up armored robots that move like, you know, a third mile, a third of a mile per hour, super slow. And they got like one claw that can't do very much. And like, you know, well, all that stuff. You, we, we need to say this because San Francisco is screwing everything up N in no way, shape or form in any part of our TTPs that we're, we're, we're teaching is mm -hmm. this take because that whole thing with San Francisco and like drones can now take life. And I'm like, that's the dumbest thing in the entire world. So, and that's actually goes back to that analogy of like, I'm not talking about like a predator, like dropping JDAMs. I'm talking about you send up the predator to circle the mountain, to find whatever you're, to do its reconnaissance stuff. Yeah. But whenever you actually are going into a dogfight or something, or you need close air support, you're bringing in the A-10s, you're bringing in the F-22s, the F-18s, the F-15s, because you need those fighter pilots in there to make that call. And essentially that's what we're trying to do is saying, Hey, instead of treating robots, like they're the sole hey, end all, you have to work them into it without being solely relying on with without solely relying on their capabilities to drive your mission. They have to go out and get the information for you. So I remember I told you I didn't want to share a whole lot, but here's yep. what we're talking. I know you've got a really big you've got an audience that probably needs to know this because you would want these capabilities if you have to have a team responding. Case in point. If you are deploying this and you get something inside. So a big, a big thing that actually we were seeing a lot of were interacting with um, people with mental disabilities or people with uh, some sort of mental challenges like autistic, Osper uh, Asperger's, um, Down syndrome and stuff, because we're throwing flashbangs and, you know, shouting and very, over, you know, a lot of auditory and visual stimulus that sometimes it could send people to hide, you know, 
And so here's a case in point where just because you're getting stimulus, why not send this up to figure out what it is rather than teams dumping in all the time. And all of a sudden that person gets freaked out and runs at you guys. And now you're using force. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that's, I would never have even thought that, you know, within that context, that's a really good point though. uh, Because I mean, you don't know, you don't know what you don't know. And if that's the situation, it could be, I mean, it could be disastrous. Well, sure. And that's the thing is like, if you, you have somebody who's there in, in what we call in crisis, they're in some sort of a mental crisis. If you can get that intel from a place of safe distance of saying, hey, is this friend or foe? We don't know. And then there's friend, foe, and unknown. And remember, there also might be, hey, there might be somebody in there that isn't responding. And so you can go in and say, hey, that's grandma that's on the bed. Or there's a million different ways of getting that information to let people that need to make those decisions make those decisions. For example, hey, uh, grandma's in the wheelchair or hey, grand- I know <laughs> it sounds crazy, but we're talking about like stories. Hey, I've got a dude on the toilet. Makes sense. Yeah. Hey, you come on out. I can't. I'm disabled. And sure enough, you're looking and you're looking on the camera and you're like, the dude has the handicap bars all around and you see a wheelchair right there. Now, you know that there's a very good possibility that that dude, you're going to have to go to that guy. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. But you have to do it in a way that's efficient and safe because you still have other problems in that structure, but you've gained that intelligence rather than just dumping in that room because dumping in that room or dumping in another room, the same principle of dumping in another room, you might have Joe Schmo bad guy at a different house, different time, different operation that's ready to smoke you guys. So this is why it allow. it's like that whole thing of circling the mounds of like, circling the mountain of gathering that intel so that way you can send those assaulters because the big thing we stress is that your dude whoever handles it has to be in the stack so we teach you how to be in the stack and handle this stuff in that stack so and and actually so kind of jumping off of that then it would be it has to be something that they carry with them that's accessible but also doesn't get in the way 100 percent. how does I mean, have you guys figured out a good way to do that yet? Or is that really, cause I know every year we have like these new, like innovative nylon products that come out that are like 18 variations of how to do a fanny pack and or dangler. Um, Dude, I miss the, I miss the nut and fancy days where he could talk for an hour and a half about tactical fanny pack. And he yeah. had like, you know what I was like? Dude, I remember, I don't know. People may not remember that guy, but that guy was like, owned the internet as he was like the the internet goober the youtube goober but everybody went to him when they had questions on gear because they knew he would literally answer all of them yeah so quick answer we don't have every aspect of how to store or train every one of them but we know that we've gotten enough hands-on that what we've come up with actually is pretty universal and that there's ways and companies out there that that's what who we're talking with right now of like this is how this stuff works the main ones is spiritist they don't owe us anything we don't get paid by them mm-hmm. any way shape or form we just realize that hey they are all we can take what they already have and no modifying and utilize it and it works flawlessly and it's like we took their their comms their comms radio pouch and that became what holds the sticks like the the pole cams and stuff because you can actually lace that in molly and extend out and it holds arm like extendable arms perfectly wow 
Um, their lunchbox, which was designed for explosive breachers, is perfect for holding um, accessories and the remotes, like the actual like remote stuff. Um, their CCS pouch. And again, they don't owe us anything. It just is like they we realize they already have stuff that they've created for the industry that crosses over. Their CCS pouch is actually big enough for a lot of drone remotes. And so you can have that CCS pouch, which is like a makeshift admin pouch you attach to like front molly of like kangaroo pouches and such. Yeah. There are five and um, some other ones. I know X Umbris has a, a good placard that it'll attach to. But a good drone remote, because it's different than a lot of the other ones, a good drone remote will actually fit inside of that. So you can have your drone remote separate and you have to have them separate because if you're the drone guy and the robot guy, you need to have all that separate in a safe and accessible manner. So you you can see this because we're video chatting, but they can't. Mm-hmm. You can have your CCS pouch here holding your drones, your drone stuff. Then your lunchbox, which is like a big dangler, which holds all of your whatever throwbot stuff you have, which is right below you. Your back panel has your recon, your uh, your drones and batteries and such. And some cool payload stuff that we're helping design or helping with, and so it's all accessible and right there. So anyway, so the answer that's, is yes. It's, it's ready really to cool. go. It's done. This is what we're introducing people to. Of like all those problems, like we've kind of figured out, and there's actually people out there that have helped us find and solve these problems. See, and that's that's the convenient part too. I mean, even if it wasn't designed for that, but like there's already products out there, and not like hey, the first run of 500 is out. Like. The, the lunchbox is nothing new. Like those, like all that okay. stuff from Spiritus you just rattled off and everything is like, it is uh, an established uh, offering in the marketplace. So you're not, you're not going to be waiting on, I mean, you might be waiting on some colors and patterns. Everyone's got uh, sure. delay times and lead times. It's just coming out of, you know, the events of 2020, right. Uh, shipping and stuff is, is, it is what it is. Everyone's waiting for restock notifications and everything, but having that essentially that's like the infrastructure piece to this is half of it's the gear. And I guess if you're not really waiting on getting the, the drones or the throw bots or any of that stuff, then that takes away a lot of the variables that's, you know, makes it easier than I would assume, right. For our law enforcement agencies to get access to these things, then to be able to employ them and train with them in the proper fashion. Yeah. So that's really cool. Yeah. So it's, it's, it was really cool to talk to that guy. Um, I talked to one of the industry guy, uh, industry leaders, I guess for two hours yesterday and talking with him about everything that was going on at shot show, talking with everything about all the stuff that they're seeing and the groups they're part of, man, it's, it's like, it's almost like, uh, like a, it's almost like it's reinvigorated us because I can tell you that, because of how we did this, we were able to de-escalate situ- a lot more situations. And we're talking like evil dudes, like dudes that I would have no problem if they fell off the face of the earth, if they jump in, in front of my if – if I was able to smoke them, now that I can say it because it's done and over with, I would do it in a heartbeat and I'd sleep, I'd sleep that night. These are evil, evil people. But while you are – when you've stepped off, your role and responsibility should be preserve life and and – at every way, shape, or form until it's at that point where you have to take it to preserve. But even then, you're taking it to preserve other life. You can't just go out and just blatantly and blindly kill people. Right. So because of how we treated this, we have a lot of examples to rely on of like, hey, we were able to de-escalate this situation or not force this. 
And, and so, um, and the way, and TT and some of the stuff we've, of how to integrate it in like breach points and stuff like that, because there's statistics where you are going to be taking fire majority of the time at breach points. There's a common tactic of porting windows and sticking your guns and port and window ports on sides of the house and everything. And I'm like, so there's a whole bunch of stuff that we bring up and we kind of dispel. And a lot of this course is more, this course is not drive the robot or fly the drone. This is, how do you take this and integrate this and solve those problems that a lot of people have and think outside the box? So it's, so then it's not, it's not like to your point, right? It's not, Hey, you 20 guys are going to sit here in a classroom and learn about this robot. And then we're going to go outside for an hour and drive it. It's going to be a CQB class with the application of this device, this technology. And you know what I mean? Like how, how you, you make it as one cohesive process and, and, and yes. like you said earlier, right. Inserting it in what you're already doing rather than just yes. like the, the practical piece, like you could get from like what you did messing around until you figured it out or, or just read the manual. Well, dude, anybody who's listening to this or was curious, I could tell you the best reps I ever did to figure out how to drive it. Excuse me. To figure out how to drive it was I, <laughs> to this day, I think I actually have a video way back when on our Instagram, I'll find it. Um, I would come home just like beat tired and, but I have young, I have kids, man. And it's like, I want to be with my kids, but they want all of your attention, but you're drained. And you're like, ah, oh. dude, the best reps I ever got, I would get it. And then we'd go play hide and go seek. And I would be able to sit on my couch and just, cause dude, I'm just like drained. Right. But I'm on my couch and I'm literally getting good reps while they're going and hiding throughout the house. I'm getting good reps on how to, there's actually cool techniques that we'll show them of like how to get off uh, how to handle clothing, high rugs, um, um, bed skirts, like terrain. That's the stuff that you have to figure out how to get around. Wood floors are different, how to integrate around like, uh, like, I mean, there's simple things like that. But the way that we figured out, I figured out was playing hide and go seek with my kids over and my kids had a blast. That sounds awesome. It had a blast because they're playing with dad. We're playing hide and go seek and stuff. And it's a game and I'm able to interact with my kids. And it was, it's just, dude, I'm a big suck, man. I love being a dad. I love being a dad, but at the same time, like, dude, man, I'm freaking tired. So this class is not how to drive the robot. This class is very like, in fact, it'll be like on breaks. We'll be like, guys, just go drive it. Like go, if you're having trouble, you should not be figuring that out now. Now, granted, if they want, they can go, there'll be times when they can figure that out. But this class is very much like you saying, it's a CQB class. The problems we're giving, we're going to be real world applications, real problems that they will experience, how they plan, how they checklist, um, how they get all that stuff. Like, dude, I could talk for hours on this because I'm very passionate because, like I said, my passion derives from the de-escalation stuff that we had where we were able to not have to use force on people that were very much probably justified in using force but gratefully and thankfully our mission was preserve life so yeah no i mean it's it's interesting stuff to hear about honestly because you don't it's just not talked about uh I think it's i mean i think it's great that you guys are doing it how uh now that you've kind of got the the ball rolling right uh, how many of these classes are you guys offering this year? Is this going to be something you're like, you're ramping up and building up to, is it going to be like a mainstay of what you guys offer? 
Yeah, like our 2023 schedule very much became very Ellie centric just because of requests. That being said, we're offering this right now. It's on the books for two, um, but then we have several closed courses where teams have actually like reached out to us and they've bought it out. And those are not public and we don't publicly put well, those sure. out. But um, we also are working with a lot of the what are called the TOA conferences, like everything. The first letter is usually the state. MTOA, Michigan. ATOA is Alabama or Arkansas, uh, stuff like that. And the TOAs that we're working with those guys because we want to do it right. We just don't want to come in. If we're coming to their states, we want them to sign off on this and realize what it is. That takes a lot of that takes a lot of a lot of stuff to to work in with that. But right now, our open enrollment classes. Uh, we've got one in Texas at the ranch. Uh, we've got one up at MTAC coming up. Um, we are talk. A lot of people are like asking for it, but we're trying to figure out how to do it right. Our business model has always been like take small steps, so that way, if you make a mistake, you only have to take one or two small steps back. If you go really fast and really hard, you can make mistakes that can make you that can sidetrack and stop you from doing a lot. Oh yeah, it, you know, side side rail a lot of stuff. So. A lot of our stuff is very LE centric this year just because of requests and such, but we're still doing open enrollment stuff. Cause I know that's a big deal. We're not just LE only, but uh, we've got some night vision courses and we have uh, there's not a really a tech aspect that is for like a, an open enrollment civilian. Like we've actually talked with some industry people about search and rescue um, about disasters and stuff about working these into how to integrate them into disasters and oh, stuff yeah. like that. But that's not law enforcement centric. But at the same time, like that is very that's huge. Um, to be honest, it's like, dude, there's plumbers. I want to talk to I want to talk to uh, these um, anybody who deals on oil rigs and stuff. Just a conversation I had one time with a dude in passing. And I'm like, dude, you guys do what you guys need. And we're not we're not salesmen for the robots in any way. We may not even like know how to teach them to do it. But uh, there's a whole different aspect to this that we're trying to figure out how do we how do we do this right rather than just rushing into it yeah no i mean 100 percent. and it's one of those things that you know as you learn more you'll just get better and better at it um i had a conversation i had a conversation and the reason i had a conversation with the dude today and they were like hey everybody's on board let's do this and their commander was like this is so new and we don't know. And right now the market is saturated with everybody saying I have the biggest and the greatest. And so naturally yeah. this command is like, Hey, let's figure this out first. And that's what we're getting into a lot. So that's why we're going on the runs of like, let's go to these conferences to get their seal of approval because we know it will, but that takes time, effort and networking. Yeah. You have to build and, like some, some like testimonials that'll say, Hey, we worked with. Oh, sure, dude. Oh, you man. Know, whatever. Good agency. We're talking to the so OTOA are kind of like the the big guys of a lot of the the law enforcement tactical world. Talking with Jay, uh, the dude Jason Waddell, he's awesome. He's the head of their trainer, but that dude is hit up. I don't even want to know how much that dude is hit up for. Like, hey, you guys got to host us. You got and so it's naturally you kind of get like lost in the white noise. And we are patient as a team, and we're just like, hey, we will do our best. Talk like I said, we talked with the Michigan guys today, and you know, 15 minutes into it, they're like, okay, come to our conference, but then we want to, we want to have you guys up for everything else as well to host it. And we're like, well, let's come up there so you guys can see it. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
we don't know, man. We don't know what we don't know what 2023 is going to be, but we know that um, we're pretty passionate about this stuff, and uh, and yeah, we're going to go forward with it, see where it takes us. Yeah, no, I think I, it's exciting. You know, it's 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 to some degree uncharted territory, and it's always, like I said, uh, fascinating and exciting to see those developments as they you know uh, occur and then become more mainstream in the the community and things. Um, but one of the other, the other pieces to what you guys offer that you, I've, you know, seen some posts and things like that around is the vehicle interdiction, which looks really cool. But then I was watching a couple of videos from, I think it was, uh, Mike, you know, real CTT solutions. And then I've seen a bunch of like centrifuge training videos and stuff, and it looks cool. But then Lord. as soon as you get into the actual application and, and Mike even did a video with uh, Chris and Jake, I think it was Jake from 1911 syndicate, like fighting from a vehicle and just like how, how badly things can go super, super quickly just due to the restraints and the environmental demands and stuff. Um, so with interdiction, I, that's more of what, you know, law enforcement taking down a vehicle or approaching uh, I hate using this word, but tactically approaching a vehicle uh, to, you know, nailed remove it. You nailed it. Doing it right. Tactically doing yeah. all that. You nailed it. Yeah. Well, I just, people, you hear the word tactical, tactical, and I'm doing this tactically and people automatically cringe just because it's like, it's such a, uh, a, a poorly used term, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, that word to me is like moist. I have to say it on certain things like, but I, it, it's like the word moist. It became so much like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like that. Ugh. Anyway, but yeah, I agree. It's, it's overused in, uh, in. <laughs> and it, it, so is, is the interdiction piece something that, I mean, obviously you guys are offering it because there's a lot of value there. Um, is that something that you see a lot of gaps in officer training with, uh, uh, like incestuous training information, you know, it's just, we've always approached vehicle training this way, or we don't, maybe your department doesn't see a lot of incidents around a vehicle. So maybe it's undervalued. Yes. Um, so the whole thing with Mike and centrifuge and all those guys, that is all derived around the five second gunfight, the ambush, counter ambush, all that stuff. I'm not going to talk on that because that's a whole other kind of pissing match. And it's not what our goal is, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. And I actually, I respect that, you know, I respect the heck out of, uh, out of Mike. Um, I know a bunch of, I know some dudes at, at Centrifuge and I talked to them off light a long, a lot and I hear their side of it. And it's like, the whole point is what vehicle, inter our vehicle interdiction course is, is not what Centrifuge is doing. And it's not what Mike Pannon is talking about. Um, what we're doing is we're saying there has to be a way to plan, conduct, fight, and handle critical incidences around in, around vehicles. Because most officers don't realize that they do vehicle operations all the time when they do car stops. So we introduce principles and stuff for a lot of like the full team tactic stuff, but also patrol officers. And the cool part is, is that when we when we do this, you have everything from a year patrol guy. When we were in Louisiana, we had a dude that had only been on patrol for a year. Um, and he was going with uh, seasoned detectives that have been, you know, 15 years. And they were all learning something new. 
And we yeah. basically came up with it as if you're going to do something, the principles inside of a structure should apply. Ver they should variationally. That's did I just make that word up? Maybe there should, there should be um, some variations, but the principle should be very similar or should feel similar when you're conducting it around vehicles. So we take them and we do high risk car stops all the way up to full vehicle interdiction stuff, building up to cases where these are very high value targets. Um, they work cases in it. They actually, we give them case files. Um, if there aren't very many case agents that all be the case agent and they have to be able to receive information, process it. How do I effectively and efficiently pass that and concisely pass that onto my team so they understand their assignments? Then how do we act those assignments? And then what? And then during that operation, how do we handle the problems that are given to us? And then how do we handle the after action side of it to process it effectively and efficiently? Because there's a lot of evidentiary stuff. You have even if you don't shoot, you have people you're dealing with. You have um evidence as far as guns narcotics cell phones you know that kind of stuff that there has to be a way of processing it that should be efficient and the way it may not make sense to you but any any cop or whatever's listening will understand you if you if the enforcement teams want work they have to do well in helping the detectives because the detectives will drive their work that's how they get work and I'm not talking, you might have teams going out and doing proactive car stops and everything on their own, but we're talking like the good stuff, the big ones, like big fish. If you want to be able to work with those guys and if you, if you want to impress them, help build their cases. They will come to you with more work, therefore you get more work. And so everybody's happy. The case agents are, when they come and we're able to plug those guys in, they get the reps in of seeing how to effectively pass on information and why enforcement teams or the enforcement side of it does it. And I say enforcement and not SWAT because nowadays you're having narcotics teams, uh, street crime teams, you have um, part-time SWAT teams, you have all these dudes doing different things and they're not dedicated SWAT. They're just in They're doing some sort of enforcement. And I was a, I was a case agent and would have to literally take my case agent hat off enforcement hat on at the drop of a hat. And so this is why we say the enforcement side of it. So as you're, as you're looking at, so you, so you're talking about not just the safe way to like approach a vehicle, right. But like all encompassing how, all of it. how to handle all of this. Um, and the crazy thing, and you brought up Mike Pannone, and the crazy thing about it is I love, so he and I have talked a lot, actually. And the fun thing that we first kind of was like, we like synced on, the crazy part about what you just said is that there's actually no secret ingredient. There's not. There's ways of doing it that we all know we should do. But by the end of the second day, it's like, how's our after action after the second day? It's like, this is how we should be, should have been doing it years ago. It's like, duh. <laughs> But we haven't because nobody really like says or takes charge of saying, hey, let's let's do it this way, because this is how we expected to do it that way. Also, like they're not separate. They're the same principles. So when you guys are going through and, and for instance, like talk about a vehicle takedown. Um, what does that look like in terms of like what you're seeing mm -hmm. versus what you're teaching? Um, and I and. Because I think a lot of people talking about in class or actual operations. Yes. 
What I mean is like, <laughs> you know, I, I think people have this, this concept and you see some people on social media that try and re, re you know, reenact some of these uh, activities, right? Like dry yeah. CQB runs and stuff and, and vehicle interdiction to an extent. And with some of the bad ones, you know, one, one, one obvious example is like guys coming in from both directions and not realizing that, you know, Hey, you can shoot through a car pretty easily with a rifle and, that's probably oh not, you know, you know, stuff like that. Are those the kinds of things that you guys have encountered before um, versus obviously, you don't you want to avoid that. I'm going to make the bold assumption here. You probably don't want to flag your buddies uh, if you can avoid it. But you brought up keep going on your question. I think you had some more to say, but just so you know, yes, we do see it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is that the kind of stuff that you're, you're, you're running into versus what you're teaching where it's, Hey, do you want, you know, the understanding of, Hey, we're not just teaching you this different, uh, positioning and formation because it's what holistic does. We're teaching you this because it, you know, look here, look here, look here. Do you see what we're talking about? Yes. That's the teaching of the why, why do you do this? Um, the big thing that we'll always stress is why are you doing what you're doing when you're doing it? And if you can't answer that, you probably should take a second to be like, hey, I should write myself. And vehicle stuff is very is a great showcase or a great stage, excuse me, a great stage because things change so rapidly and so um, and in such a dynamic manner that you could be doing something one way and immediately have to flip the switch to be doing something else and adapt on the fly. The vehicle CQB stuff, and I say vehicle CQB, and I'm not talking centrifuge where Will Petty has to, Will Petty had to trademark that. I'm talking the actual working in close quarters battle around vehicles, the actual principle, not the BS trademark thing. Okay. And that's a big deal because we came out and we're like, dude, we'll just call this vehicle, vehicle CQB. And they're like, mm, that's been trademarked. I'm like, how do you trademark an acronym? Like, no, they trademark vehicle CQB. And I'm like, I'm going to go trademark dry fire. That's what I'm going to go do. I'm going to go trademark dry fire, but I'm going to let everybody utilize it. Right. What? A, anyway. So to answer your question. Yes. Yes. Um, it exposes a lot of that, but then it, it, it hang on. Actually, re, re, I got off on my little tangent about vehicle CQB. I'm a little to ask your question again, man. I apologize. Yeah. The, just, just explaining the, the what and the why, you know, when you're seeing these, these, these poorly executed or incorrect tactics, explaining the, the what and the why, what does that look like when you're, you know, a class full of LE guys for, you know, for instance. Okay. Cause there's two parts. I know that uh, we offer a lot of stuff for our civilian vehicle stuff as well. And there's the, the difference is, is our, v, our VIC class our vehicle interdiction class is very law enforcement centric because we teach a lot of investigation, a lot of, a lot of stuff that should not and cannot be out on the open market. Very, 100%. very important. Okay. Now that doesn't mean that those prints, the principles of it apply to you. If you get or you're in some sort of a high urban environment where you need to be fighting in and around, that's not what we're talking about. This isn't that fighting thing. This is how to conduct a whole bunch of other stuff. So the, the big thing we see is a lot of people take that known look, we'll just figure it out. In fact, this started when we were sitting there and gotta love the FBI, but I'm that's I'm being sarcastic. Um, 
we were sitting there ready to take this dude off. Uh, we were getting ready to hit this house. And they were like, oh, Target's out coming out and going mobile. And we didn't have anything in place yet. We didn't have anything really as far as a, how we were going to do it. And they were like, well, just go car stop him or go car chase him. And we were like, what? This dude, A, this dude's going to run. B, he's going to drive it like he stole it. And the wheels fell off and it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. No, that's putting the public at risk. So this stemmed from, okay, what are we going to do? And luckily we figured out we have stuff in place that we're able to have those contingencies. And I won't go into the depths of what those contingencies are. But as far as like teaching side of it, that's a lot of what we're trying to figure out. I mean, that's what we figured out. We're trying to showcase of like, look what you have in front of you. Look what pre-planning can give you and look how efficiently when it's applied across, when everybody understands their roles, you don't need a whole bunch of time to sit there and micromanage everybody. Because that's the the worst thing you can do on a vehicle operation is micromanage people. So is that, is this where you'd mentioned earlier that like the principles that we, that we learn and know in CQB can be then applied in this same manner. If you stick to those principles where you'll start to, you'll find success. I mean, not exactly right. It's not going to be a copy paste, but a great point Um, just happened in our last one experienced dudes. And I love these dudes and they're awesome. Like I think one of them was a ranger type thing, like awesome dude. And this is uh, so as we're taking like, okay, now you have everything's done. Everybody now you have to go clear the car. So we put them and we taught them a way to concisely go clear the car. Then we switched it. Remember, this is live fire. We're teaching it. We're, we're exposing this to the light because that'll slow everybody down. And we have the safety measures in place to make sure everybody's doing this safely. But then we switched a couple variations around. And it's hard to explain without showing. But long story short is you had somebody holding and then you had people coming up. And we were sitting there watching it. And so they brought the guy who's holding on the car already from an L. They were like, hey, come back to us. So they brought that guy back. And then they cleared the car the car from the back, right? So afterwards, we're like, why did you bring that guy back? He already had a bunch of that already cleared. Why not have him collapse with you guys? And then we said, just like danger area in a room. Why give up something you've already won? Why not collapse together? You utilize him and now you've collapsed on that. And now you, and they were like, Oh, does that make sense? It's hard to like explaining it without a visual might be kind of hard because we're taking a CQB setting, applying it to a vehicle setting without any sort of a visuals. No, I mean, I think that, yeah, I think that makes sense. You know, I mean the, if nothing else, the principle of you've already, you know, uh, you've already cleared this sector you already know everything there by reintroducing the suspect or or, you know whatever you want to call this individual into that area that's introducing a variable which then means you don't have control of the space you don't understand and it kind of i don't know we're not introducing a suspect sorry i'm talking like we have a good guy holding on that car does that make sense i apologize we're not introducing a suspect again okay parts of the car that aren't clear but he already has a certain angle Hang on. I know, dude, it's really hard. So I'm trying to, I'm in. No, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, in principle, in essence, you're talking about not duplicating effort, really. Like you want to be, like you said earlier, concise and you want to be as efficient while still being safe. Yes. 
Yeah. I think right. that, yeah, I mean, so regardless of me, whether you're talking about a, uh, a teammate clearing a sector and duplicating that when he could be using that energy to do something else, or maybe it applies to the suspect, I don't know, but you, you want, you want to be as efficient as possible. And if you have to your point, right. Hey, we already did this. Why not just roll it into this process and be more efficient? You know, that's, that's the conversations you want to have. Yeah. The, the whole premise of all this is you want to do more with less. You want to be able to do the more people you add to this. So against it's like, man, that, uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but they sent that whole team on the side of that van for that active shooter, that Asian dude who offed himself. They sent the whole team up on the side of the van and you're watching, they're all pointing their guns at the van. And the whole time I'm looking, I've got a couple of dudes with me. I'm like, what are they doing? What, what are they pointing their guns at? They're pointing at it's. Do you know what? Did you see that footage? You know what I'm talking about. I, I have. I know what this. What you're talking about. I did not see that footage. The white Econo van with a solid panel all the way until the passenger door. There's no windows or anything, so they are literally pointing their gun at a aluminum wall, and they are stacked in a Congo line approaching the side of this vehicle. And the reason why I'm saying you want to do be able to do more with less. If that thing was, if they, if that dude had an IED or you had some dude in the back that was, he could have taken that entire team out right then and there, just pop, 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 taking that entire team out, right? Because all they're doing, if you're like, why are you here? Well, we're here to clear the car. No, they are clearing the car. You can't do anything right here. So the whole point, again, why are you doing what you're doing when you're doing it? And if you can't answer that, you should probably take a step back. So, yeah. We try and teach people through our vehicle interdiction course. You can do more with less when people know what their roles and responsibilities are and they're good at it. Yeah. And they're really good at it. Yeah. And if and if people want another example, one good one from five years ago ish, four years ago, it was yeah, four or five years ago. Uh it was that uh chase and stop in the middle of the freeway down in I want to say it's like Miami or Orlando where uh, police ended up surrounding the, it was like a UPS van or something that the guy stole. I remember that. I do remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and they they loaded out like, I mean, it had to be over like 150 rounds between the 13 or 15 officers. It completely surrounded and just just so many issues with that. Uh, And and I'm assuming that's probably not what, what is ideal in that scenario. Well, so here's the thing is that the other... The other part of this, the, to dispel some rumors, is that they think uh, the Vic course is just for SWAT guys. We dispel that real quickly by giving them some car chase. So, like, high-speed car chases and stuff like that, essentially, are vehicle, are vehicle operations. And the problem is, is that a lot of what's told now, uh, what a, lot, a lot of what's taught now isn't containing. So, as a here's a, I'll, I'll paint this picture for you. As a civilian, if you were in a gas station parking lot, you hear police in a car chase coming down the road. The car uh, stops in the middle of the road and p- vehicle, a cops stop, you know, a car length behind it. Both dudes are able to get out and they run over to the gas station and they end up smoking somebody in that gas station. The criminal is held liable for that, right? Right. Law enforcement, we should be saying, why did we not contain them in the car? Why did we let them get outside of the of the contain? Why did we let them get outside of containment? For if you're approaching a house, a structure, first thing you're doing is containing it. So patrol, 
why are you not on these car chases and stuff? Why are you not containing it? And then the answer unanimously, everywhere we go, I know you're not supposed to say everywhere and always, everywhere we go, the answer is policy doesn't let us. And we say policy doesn't let you do what? Smash the vehicle. We're not saying smash the vehicle. We're telling you to take it and contain whatever you can there inside that vehicle by approaching the safest or the most known pillar. And then, well, if those doors fly open, you're already there to deal with that. So it's stuff like, I mean, that's a very simple, very simple version without a lot of context. And so I hope that provided some context when we say the VIT course is not just for SWAT. It is not. It can be. Because a lot of teams are moving to or dedicated, um, you know, vehicle operation stuff. But this is very much centric to a lot of the street, uh, the street guys, too, because it used to be tactical investigative operator course. But then people we were talking to they're like, well, I thought that was for like SWAT teams and stuff. And I'm like, no, this is for everybody. Everybody. Yeah. So anyway, does that answer? Does that answer that question? I know I kind of got yeah. sidetracked. No, it, it does. And so is that, are you guys, it sounds like this is something that'll be taking place. I mean, I guess you could tell me how do you, how are you guys planning on like executing this course? Is it, it doesn't sound like it would be something where, Hey, we have this car and it's not going to move for the whole day. And we're just going to walk up to this. It actually sounds more like something you would do on like, um, like a police, uh, like test track or like, uh, there's a name for it where they teach you how to drive through you know puddles and shit and i know it's called evoc right i know our i know state police here yeah we have one so um it's hard so we prefer yes you need a bigger a different venue than just a single location because part of what we also do when we're teaching them the whole variables of that happen out in the uh in the public we actually take them out in the public there's no live weapons or anything. They don't even have their rifles on them. They actually are going to conduct, they plan and conduct vehicle operations in public because they need to see, and we take them to places like Walmart, a gas station and stuff, because they need to see the variations and how things change and how to adapt to them. So for instance, we'll be having like our op four, be, they'll be following them and they pull up to a gas station. Like, okay. And that op four knows to have 40 seconds to go inside because we want them to show that if you actually give concise orders, you can derive a plan right then and there that's effective and is safe. And but they're getting reps in. So the op four goes in and has 40 seconds before he goes in, just walks around and then he'll come back out and get in his vehicle. Because remember, this is at a gas station. So that implements the thing of do we pinch the car or whatever? Because of the variables of gasoline. But again, I'm getting into stuff where I don't want to talk on an open forum, but we introduce them things in a how to deal with them. A lot of times they will pull themselves on like teams might pull themselves because they're saying this is too, there's too much here. When it's like, hang on, think about A, B, C, and D, and now go do it again. And they're like, whoa. And it's basically simplifying and removing the variables that they've come up with and saying, yeah, those are variables, but remember now look at it this way. And they're like, now let's go do that. Yeah. I think that the more that people can make those 
those connections, like the, you know, you can apply one set of principles, one set of skills to multiple different environments, situations, whether it's, you know, like you said, CQB to vehicle interdiction to whatever, you know what I mean? The less you have to learn to be effective, the better you'll be at those, you know, core skills. So I think, I mean, honestly, it sounds really cool. Is this, so is that, is that course, is that going to be something that you guys have a civilian version of? Is there no civilian application for something like that? I don't, I don't really know. So we have a civilian version of vehicle stuff. And I think we're actually going to be combining two classes that are essentially doing the same thing. Cause a lot of civilians are like, I want a vehicle course. And we're like, okay, we don't want to just offer something for this cash grab. And that's stupid. Yeah. I mean, there's no way of really getting around it. It's stupid. So we cut, we developed what's called a combat weapons course, which is introducing civilians to a full 540 degree live fire environment. Instead of just shooting paper targets and barriers at a paper target, we have variables on all on left, right, and front. And then we can actually, most places, if you shift that, you actually now have created left, right, front, and now you've got 45, 45, and 45 behind you. So you can actually get almost 270 degrees of an environment that now you have to deal with. And how do you engage around urban environment terrain? which would be cars. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, coming up, uh, cars, uh, doorways. Um, man, um, I'm trying, I'm drawing a blank. I can see it. Uh, if you're walking down a, like if you're walking down like a sidewalk, oh gosh, we're like inlets of like businesses with like inlets or where it's like, you know what I mean? Like you have yeah. uh, reset door. Okay. Recess doorways was what I was looking for. A lot of times, recessed doorways can be cover or concealment. That's stuff that's important to know and principles of how to uh, how to fight in an urban environment. A lot of times they dispel. We tell people, dude, you can bring your kit and your rifle to this, but guess what happens? Good, fight back to your rifle because everybody wants that truck gun. Nothing wrong with that. We're not dispelling anything wrong with that, right? But it's okay, fight back to your truck gun. As they're getting back there, we're like, hey, you got to move, man. You don't have time, meaning that, the whatever is coming to you that is making you leave your car you don't have time so now what do you have your ccw do you have extra mags you're taking whatever you have right here so now they have to run that drill with what they have so the round count is going to be a little bit less and they're yeah. they're like man i wish i would have a little bit more uh i'd have maybe i wish i would have be carrying more than just a glock 43x and not wanted the spend the extra 150 bucks on the shield arms mags like i carry a 43x but i spent the money so now i've got 16 rounds in my mag and i've got 20 rounds and i'm like dude that's a lot of firepower that's, that's, that's a lot of firepower. Yeah, yeah that's a lot of firepower right but if i only kept anyway so that is the course we've come up with to kind of combat this because remember the vehicle interdiction course is a lot of ops planning team building for that we can do that for an open enrollment stuff, but there's not a lot of real application to it outside of because it's a lot of assaulting missions, mission, mission, mission driven. Makes sense. Civilians, like even right now, I'm pulling close right now. My mission driven, my mission right now is get home to my family. If my wife's in this car, my mission is protect her, protect my kids, get out of Dodge. That's my mission. 
my mission is not running. You know, if it's going to be stop the threat, then I got to make sure that my family is okay because I, I don't to me anyway. So yes, we have it. We, and it's ready to go. It's awesome. It's hard to do because it takes a lot to fill to fill those courses because we don't have the online presence that a lot of other companies do. So when we offer an open enrollment class, it's very much like, hey, I'm already spending 700 bucks to fly across country to this. And we're like, well, this is a three, this is a two day course. And it's, but that being said, we're nothing wrong with that. We can do it. We can offer it. It's just, we got to find a venue to do it. But that's what we introduced civilians to of like, okay, here's an open, here's a urban environment. Here's a lot of things that mimic an urban environment. How do you, how do you work around this? Yeah. And I think, with the number of people that like to talk online, you know, about <clears throat> things like, like you said, truck guns, and it's really, really uh, in style to post the picture of like your folded AR uh, or, you know, folded AR pistol. If you're, uh, you know, living life on the spicy side uh, as of late. Right. Um, you know, oh yeah, it's always in my passenger seat. Oh yeah. Don't leave home without it. I'm like, okay, do you really not? <laughs> and is it, does it really make sense? Because, you know, to the points that you're making there, like, are you going to have time to fight back to that and then even continue from there? Is it going to make sense? Are you going to screw yourself over by doing that? I think that there's a lot more value in just, at least in that context, right? Like what you're just saying, it makes a lot more sense to, Hey, maybe you should just look at the concealed gun that you carry, the kinds of magazines and capacity that you enable yourself with. And then it's also, you know, since, and this isn't a bash on anybody, um, but T-Rex arms, right. With their sidecar came out with, Oh, Hey, you can swap out your extra mag for a tourniquet. And because med was real popular for a while. Oh, I, I gave up the extra mag for a tourniquet and that's cool. You should totally carry tourniquets. Are you asking me, or if you're asking me, am I going to give up my spare mag for a tourniquet? Probably not. I'm just going to find a different place to carry that tourniquet. <laughs> Nailed it. It's like if there, it's like that whole thing. Like, how many tourniquets do you carry on you? And I'm like, not enough. Not like because yeah. you can all tourniquets are so there's so many different ways and cool places. Uh, like, I mean that whole thing. Like, I've carry soil eaters stuff on all of my duty belts and everything. And I'm like, dude, this is I can carry this on my on my everyday belt. And so that's how I carry my everyday. I can carry my tourniquet on my everyday belt. And I'm like, it's, there's so much good stuff out there for that, that, yeah, it's like, I'll never give up that extra mag. Um, Cause the statistically, the first thing that's going to go wrong is the shooter's going to cause that malfunction. The second thing that's going to go wrong is either going to be the ammunition choice or the magazine. So I want to have some way of feeding that aspect of, I've already planned ahead by having a good gun that's reliable but I got to make sure that there's always that stuff of a gun, a mag or something could happen where I've got, I want to have a, another way of supplying it. Yeah. I would never, I just, it's too easy. You know, most guns come with two magazines. Uh, you actually usually get a better deal from holster companies. If you buy the, the mag carrier and the holster, or if you buy something like a sidecar, you know, since I mentioned T-Rex it's built in, like, why would you not, you know, there's enough, there's enough data out there to support carrying well, more ammo than less. Here's a, here's an interesting part that I I've always, I've always wondered. I agree. I carry a tourniquet. What are tourniquets for? It's, it's your extremities. Yeah. Where do most people aim when, if, when you're shooting, 
center mass. How many people? How many people keep chest seals on themselves? Like, if you're carrying a tourniquet for the appendage, remember you're talking statistics. You're talking about well, what if I get hit in the leg? Yeah, or the arm. Cool. Majority. Where do people train to shoot? Center mass. Right. How many of us carry chest seals and stuff? Now, if, if this starts the whole thing of everybody's carrying chest seals, understand like. I'm not the guy to talk about chest seals and carrying chest seals. Don't stick them in your back pocket. That'll wear them out. I'm just saying, like, if you are really hemped up of like for that, remember statistically, you're probably going to get hit here someplace. I mean, who knows? There's the what if, if you're planning for the arms, why not plan for the, uh, why not plan for the, uh, why not plan for the center mass stuff also, which would be chest seals. Cause you can't put a tourniquet on your chest. Which, just, you know, proves to the point, you know, Hey, you should have an IFAC with you. Maybe not like on your person. If you carry like a man satchel or something, like maybe it's, it's worth it to, to have one, you know, an IFAC in there. I think it is. That's why I, you know, when I have my bag with me, it has all that stuff, but I also know that ankles are are great for uh, ankles are great for chest seals because you know, they're, they're malleable and stuff like there. You could have, there's these really cool ankle sleeves that you could put, two two sets of chest seals on and you can carry it on your ankle and it's you don't even notice it you don't or even, really even just just having it in your vehicle you know if you oh yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. that's I, I carry a four-person kit in my yep. vehicle and that has two chest seals in it and it has enough gauze for whatever well hopefully it has enough gauze for whatever i mean it's got as much as i can fit in there um it's got that's a lot of that stuff covered but you know, there's a lot, a ton of people that carry a gun every day and they don't carry any medical. I'm like, uh, maybe you should look into that, bro. I just, my personal recommendation. First time I ever put a tourniquet on somebody was on a car crash. There you First go. Time I was on a car crash. That dude's leg was messed up compound fracture and everything. And I'm like, dude, this is going to, and he went in, he was in shock. And I'm like, bro, this is going to hurt. And boy, when I started cranking on that, when I cranked everything and really cranked, and then I started cranking on that windlass. Oh boy, that snapped him out of it. That snapped him out. But at the same time, there was no gun. There was no bullets fired. It is all. It was all a car crash. No, and that's so, you know that's that's usually the case. I think for most people, when they apply, when they actually do deploy and apply their med kits, for most of us, if that ever, if that ever happens, it probably won't be from a gunfight statistically. Yeah. So. Yeah, man, it's it, it's interesting. But um, so going back to the vehicle stuff to civilians, a hundred percent, man. That's it's that's where we'll get into like the fighting stuff. But we also get into kind of like we don't. I say we, Jay Travis, and I don't really come up. Don't really have a lot of that. We'll say, hey, like this is ours because to me that's kind of gaudy, and it's like no, we're all in the same thing. Like nobody's going to reinvent the wheel. The three principles of fighting we came up with is pretty it's it's ours but it's not like we're like gatekeeping it but the reason why i'm bringing that up is because in our civilian class we really try and hem that up of like to us what we came up with in our life and our things is like the three principles of fighting what go from with your fists with your guns um it doesn't matter with your whatever weapon or whatever if you're in an actual battle fight thing the first thing you got to do is dominate and the reason why is because everything we do, the law dictates we have to react. That's why guys come up and chest bump because you're trying to get the other guy to 
to punch first. You want him to strike first. So everything you're going to do on top of that will be reactive. Right. So you have to dominate that fight first. And we'll go into the print. It's on our Instagram page of uh, like all the bullets to it. I won't go into it here because I know we've already been talking a lot. But dominate the fight. Make um, assess whatever it is in front of you. Once you've dominated, you've got to assess what's in front of you. And then you're like, that's where you're like, okay, do I need to move forward, backwards, assess whatever it is that you have to do, and then decide and act decisively, meaning dominate that fight. Where am I at? What am I doing? Remember, mission drives it. Mission mm-hmm. drives it. Civilian stuff, CCW stuff, right? You're in a, you've got a draw and you pop, 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 pop. You have to immediately say, what's now my mission? Protect my family. Where are they at? Are they good? Perfect. Now you have to say, okay, you leave because you can't leave right then. I mean, you can get it to a place of cover, but you can't go home, right? Right. So you've got to protect them, but also understand that you have now integrated, uh, inject, interjected yourself in this. You have to stay until this is done because essentially by law, you have committed a crime. You have committed assault with a deadly weapon. The difference right. is that you will be taken in, taken to a grand jury to see if it's justified or not. Does that make sense? It's yeah. the same with police. If we shoot somebody and kill somebody, we have to go before a grand jury. Was it justified? Was it justified homicide? It's the same thing. So you have to dominate, assess whatever is happening around you, and then decide what it is that you want to do. You Say you want to move. So this is when we're talking about the vehicle stuff. Dominate, assess, hey, I need to get to a place of cover. Identify where it is. Am I good to move? communicate if you have a, somebody else at what you're doing and you're moving with or decide and get to that place of cover. Once you get there, you're going to dominate again, punch, you know, punch out and go to work. I love King Pigs. Dude, I love that guy. Right. But you're coming up and you're dominating that fight again. And then assessing, is this the best place for me? Yep. Cool. Hang out for a little bit, assess whatever you have. That guy is, that's what we're trying to talk about in that class is dominate, assess what you have, and then decide and act. Absolutely, sure. man. And so if, uh, just to kind of wrap, if, if people want to find that information there or, you know, any, any of it really, you know, where to find your guys' class information and stuff, where can people find you on social media? And I, I know you guys have a website, but go ahead and throw it out there. Uh, holistic solution group.com. And we pretty much use that just for enrollment. We have a, a we have a media page and we've kind of got like the whole about stuff and everything, but, um, it's just so much easier right now. A lot of our information, um, we don't put a lot of like open, we don't put a lot of this stuff out there on our social media page because it's a 540 degree environment with a very linear conversation. Just like this, you and I are able to still have, it's still a linear conversation because we're talking, but we're not in it. We can do a little bit better because you and I can visually do this, right? but you and I can adapt to ourselves of saying, Hey, I have this. And you're like, well, what about this? And then I can say something and then I'll ask you about it. So we can kind of move it. It's hard on social media. So our page is there for a lot of just like our interactions and stuff. But the big thing we like to do is get in front of people. So uh, holistic solutions group is our Instagram page. Um, we have a Facebook page, but it's kind of just there because we need to, a lot of what we derive from is word of mouth, cell phone, talking DMS, all of that stuff is what we really like to do. So we try and answer all of them. Um, we may not. And if it's apologies, sometimes it's stuff gets busy and we are not good at this whole social media stuff. 
No, it's you're out there, <clears throat> you know, doing the stuff that matters, spending time where it, where it should be spent. So it just, it's the way it goes. Right. It's but, but, uh, but thanks, man. I, I super, super enjoyed this. Uh, lots of good stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm going to make sure that I have my, uh, my calendar clear when you guys make it up here to the mitten so we can, uh, we can get together and I can check out what's going on. As of today, man, we're coming. Um, again, a lot of stuff. I know we were talking, um, you make that happen, buddy. We'll, we'll be up there and we'd love to meet some of your guys and everything, but we will have you out with us and we'll actually get to go out and hang out and have you at a bunch of our classes for some of the stuff we're bringing up there this year. Really excited for that. That was a good conversation I had. You got a lot of good stuff happening up there. Yeah, man. Appreciate Except it. Detroit. Except Detroit. God dang, man. <laughs> Did hey, you... Have, you, have you seen the Lions this year, man? We're coming. The city's coming back, man. Oh, I haven't talked about the Lions. I'm talking about Detroit. Uh, Detroit's Bob Trenny. <laughs> oh. That guy. <laughs> so, all right, man. Well, hey, buddy, it's good to talk to you again. Always, uh, always happy to talk to you anytime. I love our off conversations we have, and sometimes it's just fun. That I mean, how long did we talk before we actually started recording? Uh, it was almost half an hour. It was about twenty five minutes. So it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, you're a good man. I love I love the stuff you put out, and I, I I wish you the best. Anything we can do to support you and what you're doing, man, we're there. Appreciate it, man. We'll definitely be in touch and uh, stay safe. All right, buddy. We'll see you. That was Chance from Holistic Solutions Group. Really thrilled to be able to have them on. You know, I think the tech operator piece, uh, they're, they're, that's what they call their class, but just the tech component in and of itself is very fascinating. We don't really hear a ton about it. You do start to see a lot more civilians using drones and things like that just because they're starting to become more accessible, both in the technology respect, but also in the affordability from a financial standpoint. But there's a lot to it. Things like, you know, uh, you, I mean, you could put a lot of this stuff together on your own GoPros on a stick or an RC car with a camera or something. The technology is there. I think what's really cool to hear from, from chance about what holistic is doing with it is not just, you know, to his point, here's how you work it. Here's how you do this. Here's how you do that. Here's some tips. It's, Hey, here's everything you guys are doing as a team right now with CQB or, you know, uh, structure clearing or, or whatever. It's how do you take all of that, right, and add this technology piece in here to get you more information, to make a better decision, to be more effective, to be safer, right? And and the same with the vehicle interdiction stuff. Really, really good to hear that those are things that are being addressed. We see we see tons of these videos on social media of officers that approach vehicles out of position. They 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 get shot. Uh, things happen around vehicles, especially as the world has gotten back to what it used to be, even if we're not, you know, all going into work five days a week, maybe it's only three, we're, we're largely back to where we were, where people are driving, we're spending a lot of time in our vehicles. So whether you're law enforcement or, or a civilian, highly recommend you guys head over, check out, you know, holistic underscore solutions underscore group on Instagram, check out holistic solutions group.com, find their classes, look into what they're doing. Go get trained, learn what you can learn. A bunch of really, really smart guys that are doing this stuff the right way. They're taking measured steps to be successful and make sure that they are developing this curriculum in a way to be as effective and concise as possible. Super excited to see where that goes for them. But that's all I got for you guys this week. Next week, we have another killer guest lined up. I know you guys are really, really going to dig that one. 
works with a very popular company in the in the industry in the space. Uh, not going to give away too much more than that, but definitely one you're going to want to tune in for. It's going to be exciting stuff. But until next week, you guys get out there, work hard, train smarter, and be prepared. 